two days to Jesus Town. All right, Jesus right. time. Right, that is Easter. Unless you're Eastern, <laughs> unless you're Eastern Orthodox, then it's three. <laughs> this is the oh gosh, overthinkers. <laughs> This is going to be a little bit of a faster episode, you know, a little bit of an expedited listen. (laughs) So, um, Easter, right, is is, is to the religious, it's it's about about the Savior, right? That's the religious meaning. But it is taken on a broader context in society of being like the inauguration of spring and new life. Right. And this has got me thinking, what are me and my boys' opinion on the various (laughs) seasons and like... How does that affect how we and the rest of society, like, work? And I'm not talking like, yo, I gotta plant my potatoes, it's spring, I think. I'm not a farmer, right? I'm talking like the broader implications, you know? This is some serious stuff. I mean, you know... I I, I feel like it's hard to disconnect those two things, because it seems like the the very idea that we attribute seasons to certain times of the year is, like, very agrarian Yes, but I'm, I want to look at the effect, not the root, right? The root is we have made these seasons in order to group four different time frames based on their climate and weather and then associate that to growing food. But I'm looking at how does that affect us beyond the utilitarian, agrarian, <laughs> pastafarian <laughs> view of these things. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah, why don't you like give me an Okay, so, so, so my, my opinion... So my in order, my favorite seasons in in descending order of best to hate would skip, you know. Yeah. So so you got to start out. I think winter is the superior season. Okay. And and I think that that, that that's the point because farmers would not say that. <laughs> I think, right? Yeah. Farmers would not say that probably because they are not doing you know they are they are not getting a bunch of work done in the winter. However, I think that. Winter is superior because it is cold, and I prefer the cold over the warm. I prefer the rain over the sun, and I sound like a very sad person, but... I prefer isolation over friendship. <laughs> no. Hello, no. Darkness. <laughs> okay. No, but seriously, that sounds, like, dark and edgy, but in all honesty, I just... I don't know. I like the cozy feeling you get when it's cold, but you're not cold. It's cold. You know, it's like, ha... <laughs> so, like, how, so, so, I'm not cold. You know, I'd rather like. So, so, so just to analyze your your desires for a second here, you you enjoy the idea of winter because you want to spite people outside, no, or, just, no, no. or just the idea of cold in general. No. Like, you're you're okay with no. Cold it's not the people. Well, it's not because you. Can I'm not happy. No, I'm not happy because other people are cold. I'm happy because the environment is cold. But guess what? We have heating. So you, Boom! Take that nature. So, so you don't like cold itself. It's just that when no, I actually, I actually do like cold, but I also like being warm when it's cold. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I wouldn't like cold if I was freezing to death. You know? What's I the, mean, most what's, people would agree with that statement. What's What's the practical difference between feeling warm when it's cold outside and just like walking out in the middle of summer and feeling because, warm? I don't. No, no, no. But hear me out. When I, it's I, I, here's the other thing about the cold, right? You can always add, in terms of counteracting cold versus hot, you can always add layers, right? I can wear seven jackets if I want to, and I will be warm. There are only so many layers of clothing you can remove until you're just warm, and you can't take your skin off. (laughs) I mean... You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a certain... I think you can control the cold more than you control the heat. You know what I'm saying? Like... 
I feel like we I mean, have more I'm, power over making coldness warm than making warmness cold. And I think it's the idea that we can affect that. It's like, I can go outside, it's cold, I'm warm. I go outside, it's warm, I'm warm. But it's not the kind of warm that's desirable because I don't control the level of warm. I'm just subjected to it, you know? <laughs> I feel like that was five minutes of appreciation for heaters. <laughs> no, okay, I didn't, I didn't continue with my point. I, I mean, I, I don't see why this is uh, exclusive to, to like the winter time because it seems like we have air conditioning and that control over summer. Right, so but, but, but I, I, like if, if if you crave the feeling for control, that, that's like no, no, that, that, that sounds like I'm a nut job. <laughs> it's not about you the crave control. control. You want to be in darkness. <laughs> No, see, I sound like a supervillain right now. But that's not what I mean. It's not about craving control over the weather. That's not, I, you know, what I mean, it's not. I don't have a god complex going on here. It's, it's about, it's, a, it's the idea that if I want to be comfortable, right? We all want to be comfortable. We yeah. all want to, in terms of our body <laughs> temperature. <laughs> I feel like if I am outside in this in the cold. I, it is easier for me to reach a desirable temperature when it is cold outside, and that is the default, and we are changing that through heaters and jackets and all that stuff, than it is to reach a comfortable temperature when it is warm. Why, why can't you get there with an air conditioner and, like, wearing in summer? But guess what? Okay, I was going to make the point that you have to go out to get food eventually, but Amazon, I mean, <laughs> hooked me up. My point is that if you need to go outside in the summer, there's no such thing as, like, a garment that makes you cooler. Do you get what I'm saying here? Like, oh, okay, you yeah, cannot, yeah, like, if you go outside, you're like, it's hot. I, I can't, sure, I can wear, you know, you know, thin shorts and like, uh, you know, like, like a sleeveless shirt if I want and be like, all right, look, I'm not that warm as I could have been, but you can never undo the warm. With, with the winter, you can take measures against being uncomfortable. That, that's, so, but that's the only part of it. Okay. So, so it, this really, is, it really does come back to your desire for no, control. No, no, not control. Just, just comfort. Just comfort. And how I can reach that comfort. And I think that's universal. I don't think that's true. <laughs> all right. That's not even my point, all right? It's the idea that, like, you can be warm. I think that also the idea of the holiday season. Yeah. And this, hear me out. Look, listen. Halloween sucks, and I think we've talked about this. Halloween just sucks. Haven't we talked about this on the podcast before? Uh, yeah. Halloween is Halloween is the, hot garbo. The, the worst. Halloween. And I'll get I'll get to that later in my seasons rant. All right. Yeah. But let's admit it. Thanksgiving sick. Not for Native Americans. <laughs> and you're gonna have to cut that one out. Yeah, what time was that? Um, eleven, eight, twenty. Yeah, we're not including what he just said. Uh, do you have a piece of paper I can write this down on? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Was that a little too edgy for our podcast? <laughs> you were trying to keep it G-rated. Oh gosh! Listen, and that was me. I didn't say that. You did. All right. Listen. Listen. Back to my point before you really interrupted. You're not going to hear what he said. But I think that Thanksgiving, as is currently celebrated by our society, is very, very nice. You get together with your family. You fight a little bit sometimes, but that's okay. 
Don't you feel like the... I'm not done yet. So then, you go from Thanksgiving <laughs> into this Christmas season. This, this, you know, I mean, not everyone celebrates Christmas, but I think a lot of society has adopted it, yeah. even in an a-religious way, right? And you get, I don't know. It's just, everybody is living for something, you know? Everybody's going, you know, there is something I can look forward to in the next 30 days and everybody most not everybody most people I say everybody for effect not you know are gonna go agree with that right you know what I'm getting at it's like and also the lights the lights are pretty nice color is pretty cool yeah I mean, especially when it's dark and gray <laughs> boom contrast and let me wrap it up real quick by segueing this into the idea of New Year's alright New Year's is perfect. Hear me out, right? So you have this Christmas celebration or whatever holiday you celebrate around Christmas time and you're like, well, that sucks because it's over. And then you're like, no, I just got to hold out for that weird seven-day stretch that nobody likes to talk about. And on my New Year's, we all get to sing that song. Um, what was that song called? Old uh, Old Lang Syne. Yeah. That, is, that is the song. And it's it, the... It made I'll save it for the audiobook. So, <laughs> right? So, so winter's great because, and then you continue, and it's like, you know, school. And you might say, oh, summer, you get a whole two weeks of school off, or <laughs> two months of school off, or whatever, right? But winter is better because it's like off right when you need it. You know what I'm saying? Now, that segues into my second point. And you, you, you can get your take on this later, right? Right. I just want to go through my thinking, and then you can, of course, reflect with your thinking. I think summer's the second best season. And I know that sounds contradictory, but hear me out. Summer is like freedom. <laughs> you know? You got you get to celebrate Merca Day. You get to celebrate yeah. Merca Day. And that's, that's, that's it. But it's this sense of freedom and childhood and freedom. You <laughs> going back. Alright, it's just good to have some time off from school, dude. Honestly. And you get to like do stuff and you know, and, and like I said, I said I prefer coldness over warmth, but as long as the warmth is, like, temperate, I don't mind that much. And I just feel like it's just great. I can kind of, you know, do what I would like, you know, and take some time to myself in this crazy world. Yeah, I can get behind that. Now, the third best season, and it's a toss-up. I don't like these last two seasons all that much compared to the other two. Spring's got to be better than fall. And I know that's rough. And I'll tell you what, all right? Spring is great because everything's winding down, you know? You know, and this is from the context of a student, but obviously that's a different context than a lot of other contexts. But, <laughs> and, you know what? I think that we should change the bell. Instead of ringing it every time there's a bad pun, but we do do that. But every time someone says something extremely obvious or pointless, we ring the bell too. I think that there's some potential there. No, no, that'd be too free time. So I, I feel like we're just talking in such like big different, like we're like you know that's true in some contexts, but not in all contexts. It's a day of freedom, but not every day is a day of freedom. <laughs> Sometimes it's more. Also, why is only July Fourth America Day? Isn't every day of the year America Day? <laughs> you bet. That's the way I like to think. Every day of the year is America Day, unless it's Jesus Day. Yeah. Doesn't like uh, church attendance decline on Super Bowl Sunday? Like it, it's crazy. Like, well, of course it does. What do you want? <laughs> like, the church released like statistics it drops like eighty percent because everyone just wants to watch football. So yeah, what do you want? Yeah, 
Not great, but like it exists. Now back <laughs> back to my point. So I think that the spring is great because you know it's green. It's nice. Sometimes it rains. Again, I like rain. You know, and I think that's pretty sweet. And you know, everything kind of winding down. I like rain. I think that's pretty sweet. Now on to the worst season, fall. It contains the worst holiday. That is, of course, Halloween. It is hot, but like, not like summer freedom hot. Like, ew hot. And I think that, and you're starting up your school again, and you're getting back into this sense of of monotony, and nothing interesting is going to happen till winter. (laughs) Gosh. Right, I'll... Leaves, yeah, like brown, orange. I hate orange. I hate brown. These these colors they take on this color scheme, you know. I think the color scheme of each season, right? That that matters too, you know. What color do you think of when you think of winter? White. Perfect. Wait, wait. <laughs> that sounds suspicious, <laughs> but no, I don't mean it in that way. What color do you think? <laughs> 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 this is gone off the rails. So then, stop. I have a point to make here. What color do you think of when you think of spring? Uh, <clears throat> spring? Green? Acceptable color, and that's why it's where it is. So what color do you think of when you think of summer? And this is the hard one, because I don't really know either. Yellow. Yeah, I gotcha. And blue. You know, sky. And what color do you think of when you think of fall? Orange. Ew! <laughs> That's such a visceral reaction. (laughs) Orange is the worst color. I can't think of a worse color except maybe brown, but that's not even a color. That's just stupid. (laughs) Listen, orange is so dumb. (laughs) Gosh. I think that out of all the secondary colors, orange, green, and, and... Purple, orange looks the most like its constituent like colors. And that makes me angry. Why can't it be original? Gosh. I, Stupid. I, I don't understand your vendetta against orange. I feel it's like okay. I feel like there was some formative event in your childhood where like, you, you really wanted a, like an orange popsicle, which your parents denied you and you said it's like deep seated revenge for the color ever since. Orange. Okay. How did you take? What what are your four favorite seasons in order? Uh, and why and you know I, I want to hear what I did but like with more sanity you know uh, from best to worst uh, fall winter what? summer spring you were so close <laughs> <laughs> alright listen I understand the whole winter summer spring you know if you want to explain that it's good but I need to know why you accept fall uh in some ways I crave the structure and monotony that going back to school brings. Don't appeal to it. Don't appeal to my orderly side. It's I am a chaos agent. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll concede it's not like a pleasurable feeling to go back to school, but I think that um, the sort of stopping point to the 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 idea that there is an end to something is what makes that experience valuable or is what makes it action valuable and so I think Whoa, that like that's some pretty deep stuff fall access that stopping point 
You know? I can't respect that. Would you like to explain further? Is, I mean, I can't cover I mean, that. If you just think about it, if you're if if you were an immortal being, like what meaning would your life have? Well, like I, I feel like the finite nature of human life gives us incentive to, to live it well. Maybe you're right. Or it doesn't. <laughs> Maybe you're right. Or you're completely <laughs> wrong. <laughs> no. Hear me out. I think that sometimes the concept of YOLO, you know, the idea of like we only live once. I'm sorry. I know 2013, but it's important. The idea of you only live once can often bring out the best or the worst in people. Some people take YOLO as Yoda. You only die anyways. And that's when it gets bad. Well, I mean, you know, I, I don't understand why that's a counterproductive feeling because they are right. But but yeah, when when you are living your life taking excessive risks because you're gonna die anyways, that's that's called foolishness and recklessness. Why? But I, if somebody you know is gonna do something dangerous, like like I tell you what, look, life, human life is limited because that is the way that it is so far. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can agree. Like, no one's immortal, right? And I think that the the thing is though that that just because nobody's immortal and that life will end doesn't mean we need to do stupid things on the justification that if our life ends doing this stupid thing, it would have just ended later, and so it doesn't matter. That, that's I, foolish. It, it doesn't matter, right? But that's oh, gosh, but. No, don't, don't be an nihilist about this. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm not being an nihilist, right? Like, I, I, I will agree with you that human life has meaning, but if you find meaning in doing something reckless, why shouldn't you be able to do it? But think about it this way. Right? Human life is, is valuable, right? Sure. And I think that not every life, in, in terms of what you get out of a life, what you... Um, in terms of what you get out of life, in terms of what you give back to the world, you know, the old adage that I like to live by is you need to leave the world better than you came into it in some way. Even if it's a net loss for the world, you need to be a net gain. You know? But your, but your death is inevitable. Okay, yeah, thanks. Oh, crud, your name! <laughs> no! <laughs> I didn't even realize it soon enough. <laughs> Oh. I think this, this is the first time you've said it. No, this has been one other time. No, but I've, I've, I've. The, the, it's disproportionate. I see your name way more often. Oh than yeah. Oh sure. It's like a three to one, if not more. It's like but seven. my point is that I feel like people that go into life going, "I can die now or I can die later," you know. Well, I mean, the, the people that you're gonna affect are gonna die anyway, too, right? No, but because nothing is immortal. But it's the idea of passing it down. You know, that we're, we're passing this world to the next people, right? And, and but, even, but, but they will if, also die, and the people after But even if die. I, you know, if I'm a good person and I make your life better, by your life being better, you are better able to make other people's lives better. But everybody's life is finite. It's like, why does the quality of our life matter? I would... Why does the quality of our life matter? Yeah. If we're going to live life, we better live it nice. 
Why? Because then what's the point? That's who I'm asking you. Alright, but, but uh, my point, but, but I mean, look, we, we are given this life, right? It, we, we have the gift of being around, right? I don't care about what you think happens after death or, or before life, if you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Because, you know, some people believe that, you know, you know, you start in heaven and you end in heaven, right? That, that concept. Though I don't think that's an official religious doctrine of the Christian faith. Some people <laughs> do believe it, right? You know, and I think that no matter what, you can't deny that we have life, right? We exist. Don't even try it. <laughs> Alright? For all intents and purposes, we exist. Okay. If we exist... Right. What's the point in not having a good time with it? And not just having a good time with it, but doing something good with it. Because life will follow us. Life came before us, and life will follow us. Right, but all like People is... will exist after us, and people will exist after them, and the humanity as a whole will perpetuate. Right, but if we but, make a positive but, change but, but even, now, but, it keeps going. But a couple of things. First, I don't understand why the idea that what you do now spills over to future generations matters for the the meaningfulness of human life. Second, the people who you affect, right, the people who you pass it on to, their lives are finite, which means that they are stuck in the same position that you are. Uh, strung on the belief that something that they do will affect someone else, which means that it's sort of the self-fulfilling cycle. And then third, it's that even if you are able to pass down these temporary bouts of happiness from one person to another... But it's not just that. But the, the very existence of, like, humanity is, like, we're not going to live, like, our species isn't going to live forever. All right? right, fine, but it'll live for quite a while as far as we know. Right, but if everything is going to end anyway... Why should we fight any good stuff now? Well, there's a religious answer to that, but I'm not going to give that. Because not everyone agrees with that, right? And that's not a practical answer to some, right? So I could go and give you a religious answer, right? Being the theist of the, of, our, of our duo, right? right. But I'm not going to do that, you know? Because anyway, you know, we can always say, you know, God wants this and God wants that. But the point is, some people don't believe in that stuff. You know, yeah. So you can't, but absent, use that as a certain. You can use it as a justification, personal. Absent, absent, but it doesn't apply to everybody. Absent theological reasoning, do you find any way to justify? I do. Um, I had a thought, and then I forgot it. I re- it really was there. Yeah. <laughs> right, in the sense that. Okay, let me put it to you this way. And I know what you're saying. I, I just think that look, sure, humanity's gonna come to an end eventually. It's going to happen. Whatever. Cool. Well, not cool, but... <laughs> it doesn't mean that because we... It doesn't mean that the now doesn't matter. Why? Because we exist now. Right. And we're going to die eventually. Right. Um, and, and, and that's... Isn't that my point, that we're going to die eventually? Yeah, but I don't see why that means anything. We're not dying now. Yeah, well, it, it, it means that... Do we, are we just going to... Do we, do we want to seek suffering? I mean, if... Should if, we just be content in the fact that we'll suffer until we die? What kind of way to live is that? Well, I mean, life is suffering, and death is the absence of life. So death is the absence of suffering, right? No, you said life is suffering. 
That's the flaw. That's not true. Well, I mean, suffering is inevitable. Suffering is inevitable. Suffering is bad. Suffering is inevitable and suffering is bad. But is suffering any less inevitable than joy is? I don't think that's relevant. No, but you're looking at this as if the baseline is bad. Okay, let me give you a thought experiment. The baseline isn't bad. It's both bad and good somewhere in the middle. Let me give you you a thought experiment. The, the default as negative. You have a button, and if you press the button, everybody in the world just like ceases to exist immediately. Okay. Like, including yourself, including me, obviously. Everyone in the world so just like So pulling a, a double Thanos. Yeah. Gotcha. And, I mean, they, they won't disappear with like the cool visual effects, but it's like yeah. you press a button, everyone dead. Why is that not preferable to human existence? Like, why would you... Ch- I'm assuming you would choose not to press the button. Why would you choose not to press the button? Okay, again, setting aside religious stuff, because that isn't a, an argument everybody can get behind, right? That makes some assumptions not everybody's comfortable with, right? Yeah. Or uh, agrees with, right? So I'm not going to use that, right? And that's always the default in some ways for people like that, but I'm going to challenge myself to go beyond that, right? Yeah. In the sense of, why is that preferable? Now give me a good reason. Like, I'm not, I disagree with you, right? I don't, I do not think it's preferable. Okay, so l- l- let me spell out my reasoning for why right. I would press the button. So, uh, and this is just like my temporary bottom nihilism. I don't think if I actually had like a button in front of me that killed anyone, I would. Yeah. Think, but, uh, I guess my reasoning is that um, existence means a certain amount of joy and a certain amount of suffering. I don't think you can get to a level where you justify why joy is preferable to suffering. Uh, And if you come to the conclusion that suffering is bad and that life entails suffering, then the absence of life should be something that remedies that. The argument is that even if you were to seize your own suffering, that you would cause suffering to other people but the idea is that by pressing the button, everyone ceasing to exist simultaneously means that their current suffering erodes and that your lack of existence doesn't affect anyone else's uh, capacity to experience joy or suffering or pain or anything like that. Like, I, I don't see joy as something intrinsically valuable as a human being. Like, I, I don't think that's a reason to continue existing. Sweet. It's pretty dark. I don't know. I don't like that line of thought. In the sense of, I don't know. I, just, I, I, I guess to choose. I think that you are you are going in with this assumption that I don't hold. That so this is stuff we discussed before the podcast. <laughs> Alright, my point is, and we we'll move on to something lighter after this. Gosh, put a warning in the title of this. Do not use if you're. Uh, it's like, oh, I want to you know listen to this. To forget about my existential crisis. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. <laughs> You're having a mini existential <laughs> crisis right now. <laughs> Come on, little bro, Don. I mean, give me some inspiration. I mean, inspiration. I, All right. I, I, I think I'm. I wrong. think you. You. I, I think I'm wrong <laughs> because. <laughs> what was the point of this? My point is the following. I think that you are going into this assumption that the baseline is suffering. And that you can overcome it with joy and love and all those wonderful little feelings. 
I don't have, for me, the baseline doesn't sit at suffering. The default is not suffering. The default is existence. The negative is suffering. And the positive is loving. Right. And therefore, human existence is not suffering. Okay. It uh, It is somewhere in the middle. And therefore, I cannot go in with this idea that by erasing life, by erasing life, you are erasing suffering. So I guess, right? In theory, and you, but you also are erasing everything that goes with it. And therefore, I feel like it's where we set the standard of what living really is. So let's say that, like, let's like say that the term, or let's use the term loving or joy, right? Like, I think I think suffering and love are the opposites. Okay, so let's although say, they can coexist, so, so let's say those feelings are let's say we define them strictly in like scientific terms and say that there's certain you know um, hormones or receptors that go through our brains that make us feel certain ways, uh, and that when what, like I, I want to feel happy more than I want to feel bad or more than I want to suffer, right? If you experience net more suffering than happiness, is that life? still valuable like if, if everyone on earth experienced more suffering than happiness would you choose to press the button no because those values are not static but let's start from the premise that they are like like let, let's say that everyone so far in their life has experienced more suffering than happiness do you choose to press the button or that in their lives they will experience more suffering than happiness so what you're saying is the following you're saying that you want me to put this assumption out that I do not agree with in the practical sense. But I, I'm just right, like, trying to that, throw a, a thought experiment to, to that kind of understand what if, you are. If we could scientifically prove that people suffer more than they experience love. Yeah. Uh, wholesale. Yeah. Right? And, and that, that could not be changed by any means. No, but we, we look over the course of their entire life and we know that they're going to experience more suffering than Alright, but that, but that, see, I think that, that we we can change that. I think that we can make a, a, a change to the world, the society, the human condition. But but let, let, let's start from that. I, I understand you saying that, like, suffering and joy are, are not uh, immutable characteristics of being human. It's an experience we have in a moment. It's not in every moment. Right, we experience some combination of those two factors. Right, but sometimes you feel bad and sometimes you don't. I'm just asking when those bad experiences outweigh the good ones. I don't think you they... press the button. Oh, why would you not press the button? Because I think that because because the, the, these these both suffering and love are born primarily from human interaction. There are some outside, like you know, if you get cancer. Nine out of ten times, people didn't do that to you. You know, right. maybe it's some product of our living. You know, like a chemical we use, and you know, like asbestos or something. We created asbestos, right? Yeah. Obviously, not us personally. <laughs> we don't. We, we, we were yeah. the first still inventors of asbestos. <laughs> That's terrible. That's pretty terrible. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you get the point. You get the point. The point is, of course, that we did not. I mean, we we just you know, Putting that aside, putting aside the artificial nature of certain factors, right? Some suffering comes from nature because we coexist with other beings and other, you know, you know, everything from bacteria to, you know, getting mauled by a bear, right? That's suffering. And we don't <laughs> control that. And I feel like love is a lot more contingent on uh, putting all that aside. 
Wait, but I'm not going to change the fact. Wait, wait. My point is that I think that because love and suffering are... Gosh, why do we <laughs> not enjoy an episode? My point is that I feel like... This is overthinkers, I guess. So, I feel like because we because conditions are alterable it's not worth it. it's not worth it to just Thanos double Thanos everything because suffering exists because <laughs> we can just change the factors that are causing the suffering but isn't the factor causing the suffering human life no that, that's the that's the, I, the barrier but it, that's the barrier between you and me uh, you know coming to a consensus on this is suffering inevitable or is it something that we beginning i think both suffering and to some degree love are inevitable right i, I guess your answer is that they're alterable uh, which makes sense for like a practical way to consider whether or not human extinction would be a good thing uh, but it's the argument of going like <laughs> an Infinity War. Thanos goes, "My, aunt, I have all this power. I literally like the power to adjust anything that I want." Right? Reality can be whatever he wants. Yeah. His answer is to destroy half of the, the life I, I, instead I, of creating, creating double resources. resources. Yeah, I was, I was so confused. Like I thought about that movie for five minutes after walking. <laughs> I was like, "What is this man?" But that's the, <laughs> but that's that's the point, right? I really think that uh, actually we're running out of time. Um, oh, that's a lot later than I expected. Okay, listen, this is a good talk. We can continue it. I think that the listeners have to kind of decide for themselves whether they agree with you or me. I think we've come to the barrier of where our the misalignment of our thinking is. Uh, I think that seasons is really gone now. <laughs> there was another topic we wanted to discuss. And that was <laughs> it's, it's the books. So we are both high schoolers. We are ending our sophomore year. Most of you know this. I'm pretty sure all you know this. <laughs> I, I don't know why we take up out of secrecy anymore. We're going to consume some food real soon. So in the next 12 minutes, we're going to discuss with you the books we have read in our high school careers. Which ones suck? Which ones suck? And the which ones <laughs> suck. Okay, how about... But I some mean, of them are good. I'm, I'm more interested in... You get to go first, because I... I'm, I'm interested in the books that are acclaimed, but you hate. Oh, yeah! That's... Cause you I, go I, first, you go first. I, I don't really care about books where you're like, oh, you know, it was a fantastic read. All right, I'll start. I um, thought The Great Gatsby was... No! A, a mediocre... I like The Great Gatsby. Okay, it wasn't great. It wasn't incredible. Oh the best book I've ever read I, I is Ready Player One. Just want to say that. That's an incredible That's book. That's on my reading list. That's an incredible book. I, Actually, Freakonomics is also really good. Give us a shout out. So, <laughs> Do I still read that book? Fre- Freakonomics already gave me a shout out. On their, I shouldn't yeah, you as a human there. being. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, but my point is that I think Freakonomics, great series. Uh, Ready Player One is one of the best books I've ever read. I think Ray Gatsby was fine. It wasn't bad. I enjoyed I, it. I mean, I just thought that the like the central, mo- um, I don't know, maybe I'm just like an uncultured swine, but 
I felt like You're right. The... He was like, he, you know, you know that meme where it's the metronome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Love, money, Gatsby. <laughs> <laughs> uh! yeah. yeah, it's it's like I want all this money because I want her to love me. But are we spoiling this? Spoilers. You, you can't spoil a novel. It's yeah, been you can. For like three hundred. Yeah, you years. can. Three hundred years. It was written in the twenties. <sighs> yeah, I should probably know that. Um, <laughs> so that's that's how Scarlet Letter you're thinking of, and we'll get there. So um. Oh god! I also. Oh, we'll get to no, We'll get to that. I, I want to save that one. So I want to save that. I'm sorry. I want to. I want to save that one. All right. I want to save that one. All right. Because trust me, both of us have a lot to say about that one. I want to save that. So okay, okay. One more. One more. Wait. So you're saying Gatsby? All right. Wait. Gatsby, I thought was overdone. Like I thought that the the references to the idea that material wealth did not bring happiness was. It's an idea that is important, but, but they're like really, but I feel that it's really like, shaking it in yeah, there. But I feel that it's like regurgitated over and over again in literary forms, and it's just like after a certain point, if you're not bringing anything new to the table, and then like the the the, the motive of like him liking Daisy was just so explicit. In the, like there's this one scene where he's like his arms out over the water, like reaching towards the lighthouse. It's like, <laughs> you're like I, I understand the great guy. It's not a bad novel. But it just doesn't live up to the hype. Okay, that those are my thoughts on Greg Gatsby. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, second, we we start getting into romanticism, right? I read Nature by Emerson, right? Oh, I have not, I have not read that one. Isn't oh, that like a, a um transcendental? Yeah. Oh, we we did a transcendental episode. unit. We read some excerpts, but I we didn't read the book. Yeah. So I read Nature from Emerson, right? Is that like, the one with the fire ants getting the fight? Or is that a different uh, one? Uh, it, it is Emerson. I just don't know what. Because I've read a lot of Emerson. I love the fire ants getting in the fight. That's my favorite. So I read Nature, and then I thought it was pretty good, right? And then I re- start reading, like, uh, like The American Scholar by Emerson, which is, like, the speech he gave at Harvard. And it's like, he, he doesn't, he just repeats the same thing over and over again. At, like, a certain point, like, I understand the historical context of what he was saying, right? But it's just, like really dry Shut up! it's really dry to read in 2019 it's like not everyone sees the sun and like that'll be the sentence and then like later on you'll just like go off on a different tangent it's really? like not everyone wow you really got me there Emerson <laughs> yeah those are my thoughts so yeah great Gatsby mediocre novel at best uh uh, uh death of a salesman oh death of a salesman wait 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 time out not horrendous. Our, our schools are related in certain ways. Secrecy assured. <laughs> so I, I need to see. So so here's all the books. Just, just for context, here's all the books I've read across my high school career. You list yours. We can go from there. Okay. Freshman year. Um. Give me a sec. Uh, True Grit. True Grit. Uh, we read that one. Power of One. Um. What was the next one? I forget. I forget uh, Lord of the Flies that was the best book I've read my whole high school career that's a great book in my opinion my humble opinion um what is the worst book you read in your high school career oh easy Scarlet Letter I think we can all agree on that yeah Hawthorne's gosh uh, uh, can, yeah, can we get into that? Yeah. Forget forget the book list, alright? Hawthorne. I is... actually Death of a Salesman was pretty good I like that one but you know Hawthorne oh my gosh oh my grievance with this book, right, is <laughs> goes. I, listen, every chapter is just people suffering. 
The whole book is reading about people in pain. Kind of like your definition of life, you know? Sorry, I had to tie that back to our earlier conversation. But it's just, we're reading about this guy suffering, right? And then towards the end of the book, He's running out of ideas. So he's dedicating his entire chapters <laughs> to describing the environment. Right? You know what I'm talking about? And then in the last three three sentences, throws in the actual important like plot bit. You agree with me, dog. Do you understand what I'm saying? Author is, he's, it's boring. It's dry. It's unoriginal. And there... I feel like he's the, the author who's trying to be edgy by like saying what kind oh, of sadomasochist is this guy he was sitting all along it's, yeah I don't know. but what sucks is that my uh, my English teacher wrote his like thesis on like unpardonable sin and Hawthorne so he spent like a couple of weeks in class going over and I was like this is the, the worst part of my uh, <laughs> yeah um, the, the, the lectures were good but the, the I, I just can't get behind Hawthorne you read Lord of the Flies, by the way? Uh, no. That's a really good book, in my opinion. It's like, it's, 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 it's got a lot going on. It's, um, the one where it's, basically, it's the, the lore of sense is that it's the advent of, like, the Third World War, right? Or, yeah. or something like that, or something, or the Second World War, but, like, Germany got the nuke first, or something to that effect, right? Yeah. And basically, it's like these boys are evacuating from London, right? Yeah. And they're like going somewhere, but the plane gets shot down. So they crash land on an island, and they have to form their own society. And they oh, and they begin to what what happens is, oh. um, you know, the boys kind of like have some infighting, but they respect like the conch, which is like the symbol of power. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and but then like. One of the it's the idea of like pragmatic leadership and like what to do with the young kids and like that can't add anything to society. society. Oh, yeah, I, I, and then like that's a great book. And then it, it's in a weird way, it's like a biblical allegory too, in some ways, which is always interesting. Yeah. In some, I mean, you know, in in some ways, because because it's like the characters have like allegories to like Jesus and like the the the, the, the apostles of the Bible and that stuff, and I just think it's pretty interesting. And then, like, how it ends. I didn't catch this. I was reading, like, the, you know, I won't get into that, but good stuff. You know, and just say, I enjoyed that book. Um, books I didn't like. Let's see. Have you read. Um, what was it? Okay. <laughs> um, oh, uh, Narrative of the Life of Frederick Douglass. Yeah, I have. I, I, I read an excerpt from it. Yeah, I gotcha. Um, what was that one? What was the one I just... Oh, uh, any Shakespeare? No. Uh, I had mixed feelings about that guy. Uh, yeah, but I, I don't hate him as much as I hate Hawthorne. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, we can really hate and I'm gonna end. I'm going to end the episode on this because we have to go. Freud... Sigmund Freud. Freud is true. Freud is... Freud is... No. Yeah. You know the joke online about becoming a necromancer and reviving Freud just to kill him again? (laughs) Freud is one of the worst... Oh my gosh. What's wrong with Freud? I mean, other than that, his (laughs) theories have been disproven by multiple psychological studies. I mean, what's wrong with Freud? Not just that. The whole premise... 
I don't want to marry my mom, Freud. Uh, yeah, but I, I think he's right that you do have subconscious desires to, to do certain... Like, even if you don't want to marry your mom, like, there are certain... What is wrong with you? Isn't that the point? You're Freud? The, the point is saying that, like, that, that visceral reaction that you just had was, like, the tip of the iceberg. Like, but it hides, like, your... Alright, you know what? I can, I can... You're saying it's not like we can control it. Well, you can. But not, not at the, not at the, the... I mean, part of his argument is that you're shaped by your environment, right? All I know is that his theories suck. That's all I know about the guy, and I don't like him. Who's someone that we can universally hate? Like... I mean, Hawthorne, right? I mean, yeah, but some people might be like, I like the book, it's a simple, something else. If you like Hawthorne, you can stop listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of rude but okay we, we need all the views we can get please stay so um yeah and I think that that's an interesting breakdown of you know books that suck and books that suck and a few that don't you know oh um, wait wait what was the one we just read oh 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 um Catcher in the Rye best book I've ever read yeah what what? Yeah. You enjoyed Catcher? It's the best book I've ever read. Whoa. Yeah. All right. Um. <laughs> you look taken aback. Were you not like about the? Did you not enjoy it? It's oh, I, Here's what I think. Don't don't tell me that you're about to add this to the list of books that are critically acclaimed, but I hate it. I hate it. Okay. No, I don't hate it. I just don't like it. I'm sorry. Like, hear me out. Hear me out. It starts out great. You're like, oh, this narrator is, you know, he's witty. He's he's not, you know, he's not taking anything, you know, like, he's, he's just, he does his own thing, you know. He, he doesn't want to stand for those fakers, those phonies in society. And then I get to the third chapter. I'm like, oh, he's still doing this. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, he still thinks everybody he meets is a phony. He still, you know, hates everything. And I think there's some significance to it. I think every classic has significance to it, but it's not an enjoyable read. I, I really agree. In my opinion. And I think that... I actually think it's better than... I, I think it's... I actually don't... I, no, I don't hate it. I, I have neutral feelings towards it. I just don't like it that much. I think that it conveys the... It, 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 I mean, it's, it's a portrait of... It's like a coming-into-age novel. Right? Like oh, that's, that's exactly what it he's, is. He's stuck in adolescence for a long period of time, and then with his sister, he slowly learns to become an adult. And, and that's that, actually, I think, then, the last like five but, chapters. I, but I think that's like the beautiful part of the book, which is like it's this. And I think that the the length of the previous chapters, and, and you see it as monotony of him like thinking like, you know, I'm only like real person in society. Everyone else is a phony. They're all concerned with, you know, what can I do next? What can I get more? But. I'm just concerned with like why are we doing these things anyway? I think he's going through his own little existential crisis. But I think oh, that, oh yeah, but Trust I think me. that that monotony is just a build up to that like final scene where he's like sitting next to the carousel and he's like seeing his. You know what? I, I think that that for I, me, but I think that's it was beautiful. For me, the, 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 the everything from when he leaves the last bar to the end of the book that redeemed it for me. Like but I, I, I feel I, like that wouldn't have been possible without the monotony of the earlier chapters. Like I think. That his portrayal of adolescence, like, building up to being an adult and accepting his, like, 
responsibility to his sister and his family and his school and everything else, like that wouldn't have been as dramatic or as important or the, the sort of beautiful way in which it seemed towards the end of the book if there hadn't been that long, arduous build-up to it. You know what? I like this book now. Thanks. It, it really is cool. my favorite book of all time. Okay, speaking of coming of age, have you ever seen the movie Stand By Me? No. Apparently very popular in Japan. Oh, worst movie you've ever seen. Oh. 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 Easy. Easy. Easy, easy, easy. Alright, we gotta go after this one. Then. Fantastic Four from 2015. Never seen it. That was, without a doubt, the worst movie I have ever laid my eyes upon. And I watched Freebirds. Which, for context, is a movie about turkeys that steal a time machine and go back in time to stop Thanksgiving from ever happening. Oh, I think I, I think I They replaced the turkeys with Chuck E. Cheese pizza. What's the... Which, by the way, was branded because they needed ad revenue. Okay, you know what the... It's one of... That was the second worst movie I've ever watched. Worst movie I've ever watched. Mm-hmm. There was this movie called... Uh... Aliens? <laughs> Monsters vs. Aliens? No, Aliens in the Attic. Oh, gosh, wait. Do you remember that movie? Very vaguely. It was so bad. I remember... Uh, Spy Kids 3. Spy Kids were phenomenal. Spy Kids are actually phenomenal good. Series. I, okay. I, I, so I, I that want... inspired me. I'm going to rewatch Spy Kids. You know what? I will. You know what? I will too. Oh my yeah. god. They're saying it in reverse the attack time. <laughs> <laughs> remember he takes something and he plays it back and it's like, Wait. help me, help me, help Wait, me. Wait, can I tell you one thing? Can I tell you one thing? So... I'm sure you've heard of this point they're making a live action Dora movie yeah oh yeah I heard about this I, I was, what, was I, what movie was I actually watching that? I think I went to watch um, actually what was it what's a movie that came out recently like in the theaters <laughs> there are a lot of movies just start belting some out I need to remember uh, like kids movies or no 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 like, like our age like, you know like like um Superhero movie? Captain, Captain Marvel? No. What came out? What was I watching? It was... What was the plot? Was, wait, 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 wait. Oh, Shazam. I'm sorry, I watched Shazam. Shazam. Yeah. Superhero movie. DC. Is it, is it worth watching? Okay. My, I, my, my 10 second review. It's tonight. really cliche. And the villain is complete garbage. But it's entertaining. It's story's weak, but it is very entertaining. If I don't enjoy superhero movies, will I enjoy this movie? I think it's a very casual superhero movie. It's like you know, like like you know, there's like Iron Man, no, not Iron Man. There's like Captain America, where it's a very serious, you know, superhero movie, right? Yeah. And then there's like Ant Man, <laughs> right? This is Ant Man. This is an Ant Man, you know. It's not serious, and it's like uh, Spider Man, right? Where it's like it's not so serious. It's not heavy. Yeah. It's light. So I think you enjoy it. But I, I think you would actually enjoy it. To a certain extent. But back to what I was saying. We, the, there was a trailer for the Dora movie. And I'm like, oh my gosh, no. And then I watched it. And my dad was like, this is just Spy Kids, but it's Dora. Spy Kids is probably... And I'm like, you know what? You're right. Yeah, I, I, I think Spy Kids probably hits like my top 20 movies I've ever watched. That's a very precise list. Like... <laughs> I think it's around uh, 24 out of the um, 178 movies. No, I'm just kidding. But um, the other thing, 
I mean, we got kind of got to wrap up. We got to do our two t- uh, our two oh, tips. True. Right, our, our tips of the. Music. I always give such bad tips at the end of these. No, no, yours are like sit down, have a nice cup of tea. Mine are like play Dungeons and Dragons, darn it. You know, so. Uh, oh, <laughs> but hear me out. You always have the deep stuff. I have the not deep stuff. So, so Spy Kids. I, no, what was the other thing? What was I saying? I was saying something about something. Uh, Spy Kids. Right before Spy Kids, I was saying something. You said. Well, why was Aliens in the Attic so bad? You know, I. Well, I, I don't remember the exact plot, but I think that's indicative of how bad of a movie it was. And okay. I'll leave it at that. Fair enough. Yeah. Um. Okay. <laughs> what is? Actually, I just gotta do this one more thing. All right. What is the movie that like everybody seems to like, but you didn't like? You know what I mean? Like, 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 like critically, not critically acclaimed per se, but yes, maybe critically acclaimed. But you, you know what I'm saying? The I don't I keep going back on this, but the like the Disney Star Wars movie, like the first one that came out. I forgive you. Yeah, I forgive you. I'll let this one slide. You know, I like when that opening credit scene came out. It was like, duh. Like, duh. I, I felt yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Yes, I felt that was it. the first one I ever saw in theaters. And I, I felt probably it. all of us. And then I was just like, what is this? Uh, yeah. All right. That was my. You know what it is for me? Citizen and Kane. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but okay. I've heard of it, but I don't know anything about it. I don't know if you watch like the um, like Pixar, like Disney Pixar movies all that much. And stuff. Are you going to criticize a Disney. Pixar movie right now? Hear me out. Oh, I, I uh, no. Okay, so I think that Wreck It Ralph, the first one, was one of the best. That wasn't Pixar. Movies. That was so, Disney. Oh, maybe it wasn't Pixar. Then it was just Disney. That's fine. I think Wreck It Ralph. Yeah, I, I, amazing movie, in my opinion. Yeah. Wreck-It Ralph 2 was garbage. Worse. Yeah, it was terrible. No, because you know what? It gave me Emoji Movie vibes. And any movie that does that... I think I, I ended up watching the Emoji Movie. I wanted to just to see how bad it is. I, I wa- But the thing is, like kids who are in third grade love that movie. They loved it. No, I heard stories of... No, I was in a theater. It wasn't... A, actually, it wasn't a story. I experienced this. <laughs> The, the, the tra- <laughs> this is real life. The trailer came on, and it, I was watching another movie, you know, some random movie, and a trailer for the emoji movie came on, and I hear a kid in the back go, "Oh no, it's the emoji movie." So I, I disagree. I, I dare to disagree with that. Now my point is that Wreck It Ralph two. That kid, Barack Obama. Wreck It Ralph two. Okay. What? What? Alright, Wreck-It-Off 2. Phenomenal movie. No, not the second. The first one was good. The second one was bad because it gave me emoji movie vibes. Like, the whole, like, middle sequence where they have all those memes. It's like, I think that that that, that, that companies, and this goes back to my, this actually relates to that possibly the worst segment we've ever done on this show. Which was? The meme culture segment. I thought that was it. I thought that we agreed that was our worst after we did it on our post-interview walk. Yeah. We agreed that was... We, Why are post-interview walks more interesting than the episode? Yeah, but that's because they're pure. So, don't touch that. Don't don't even go there. It's like, oh yeah, it's overthinkers after thinking brain freeze edition. There's just like a bunch of wind noise in the background. Like, <laughs> it's like, mm, we almost got in by a car. It's like... But my point is that it gave me, like, there's this middle sequence where it's, like, Ralph trying to, like, become an internet star so that he can make enough money to, like... That was such a ham-fisted plot, gosh. Okay, now that I think about it. But 
Yeah, that whole meme segment. And I think that corporations need to stay away from memes because their production cycle. Okay, okay, I need, I'm sorry. I need to go into this. YouTube Rewind 2018. Have you watched that? Yeah. How it was garbage? You know why? Because memes and the internet and internet culture moves faster than any corporation can. And YouTube Rewind being every year is set to fail because nobody wants to think about memes that are even two months old, let alone, you know, 12. So I think YouTube rewinds set to fail. Yeah, I think they should do rewinds every month if they want to keep up. All right, there are memes that die in a day. And this goes back to my discussion on meme culture. We're not going to go there, but I think that the problem is that Wreck It Ralph was like an adult's understanding of how memes work, right? And it was I, it was an adult corporate commercialized understanding of memes. And I. Thank you. Write that down and send it to me. I need to sit with that everywhere. I think that, like, 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 my, like, like, when you, like, you know how, like, flossing was a big deal for a while there? Not your teeth, oh, like, the yeah, dance? yeah, yeah. No, after that went out of style, about three months after that went out of style, I started seeing it in commercials. You know why? A, the production cycle. B, the adult corporate understanding of how memes work. Yeah. And I think that's flawed, and I think that's a great topic for another episode, but we gotta go, because I need to be... Um, back at home by like 2.30 so we're gonna roll out of here and wait wait we don't cut it off yet because we need to offer our tips you go first because I have nothing I have nothing either um, your tip is going to be to um, live life to the fullest <laughs> you gave the deep one this time I have to give the live your uh, life to the fullest because you don't have a button that can wipe out everybody. You know, you don't have a double Thanos, all right? So live life to the fullest, people. Uh, mm. Blanking out. It's gotta be really superficial. <laughs> Speaking of the most superficial. Watch Spy Kids. Rewatch Spy Kids. That's yeah. Oh, yeah. Rewatch yeah. Spy Kids. Rewatch Spy it, Kids. It is. Yeah. It, yeah. It, and. Uh, yeah.